Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello and welcome back into the show. Let's talk about some bowl games. How's that sound? Uh, we have, we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll go over them from day one through the uh, national semifinal games. Um, I'll just do the regular bowl games and then we'll go back and do the New Year's Six, the big four games and then the two national semifinal games go over all of those and then i'll give you a pick against the spread for every single game so i'll do a little mini preview of the matchup when i first bring it up and then i'll kind of give you my thoughts as to why i think the spread is going to go the way it does um later on at the end so we'll start right away the first games the first day that we'll be playing games is the saturday december 16th Georgia Southern is a three and a half point favorite against Ohio in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Ohio actually had a solid defense this season to help ease the workload of quarterback Curtis Rourke, if only he had been healthy for most of the season. Georgia Southern got out to a six and two start before becoming an absolute punching bag for the Sunbelt Conference and helped every other team become bowl eligible, handing out wins like they were uh, candy on Halloween. So. Jacksonville State then three-point favorite against Louisiana in the New Orleans Bowl. Jacksonville State had a massively successful 8-4 record in their first season as an FBS program and rode the defense to many wins where the creativity on offense from Rich Rodriguez as head coach wasn't enough to win on its own. While Louisiana is going to be having you know the home field advantage right down the road from New Orleans, but their starting quarterback is likely to miss the game with a leg injury. Now we have Miami of Ohio playing App State. Appalachian State, if you're unfamiliar, five and a half point favorite in the Cure Bowl for the Mountaineers. Miami is coming into the game having won the MAC championship while App State uh, made it to their title game and lost to Troy. If Miami can get their ground game going, App State hasn't shown any ability, actually has shown an allergy to tack- tackling uh, running backs in their past few games. They gave up over 200 yards in a single performance for a single running back I should say in the conference title game against Troy I believe he actually ended up with like 250 yards rushing by himself uh go back and listen to the conference championship recap episode I did if you want to know the exact stat but yeah if Miami Ohio can get the ground game going App State's not going to have much to stop them with excuse me New Mexico State three-point favorite against Fresno State in the New Mexico Bowl Fresno State head coach Jeff Tedford won't be coaching this game after he announced he would be taking time away with health issues. New Mexico State head coach Jerry Kill just wins football games whenever he goes out and uh, is, you know, part of the program, basically. He has Diego Pavia at quarterback who plays like a wrecking ball, uh, so look out for that in the matchup. Uh, UCLA two-and-a-half point favorites against Boise State in the L.A. Bowl. UCLA had to play a different quarterback seemingly every game this season, but the defense was always playing at an elite level throughout the year. Uh, Boise State fired head coach Andy Avalos midseason, actually towards the back end of the season, and looked like a brand new team after doing so. Not really sure what to expect here, but playing UCLA in LA seems like a daunting task. Not exactly sure how motivated they'll be in the game, though. Then we have Cal taking on Texas Tech, who is a three-point favorite in the Independence Bowl. Cal is back in a bowl game for the first time in three seasons, which is impressive for an uh, you know like an academic program in the Pac-12. But they now have to play a Texas Tech program who regularly takes bowl games very seriously with an 11 and 4 record in their past 15 postseason games. 
Now we move on to Monday, December 18th. Western Kentucky versus Old Dominion, who is a two-and-a-half point favorite in the famous Toastery Bowl. Western Kentucky this season has played great against bad teams and terrible against the good teams. The only problem is I have no idea what Old Dominion is when most of their games felt like they were single-possession matchups. So I really have no idea what to expect in this one. Uh, that's about all I got. Tuesday, December 19th, UTSA is a nine-and-a-half point favorite against Marshall in the Frisco Bowl. If UTSA shows up the same as they did throughout the regular season, this game isn't going to be very competitive at all. Marshall started the year 4-0 before losing five straight and scraping up just two more wins in the final three to get a uh, bowl eligibility, Excuse me. while UTSA was a single win away from playing for their conference championship. Thursday, December 21st, we have South Florida taking on Syracuse, who is a three-and-a-half point favorite in the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, last year, Alex Golish left Tennessee as the offensive coordinator become, to become the head coach at South Florida, a program that had gone 4-29 and in the previous three seasons, and Golish took them bowling in year one. USF is going to be booming with excitement being here, while Syracuse might not be in such high spirits after firing head coach Dino Babers following a 2-6 and finish to their season. Friday, December 22nd, ending the first week of bowl games, Georgia Tech taking on UCF, who is a four-and-a-half point favorite in the Gasparilla Bowl. Gus Malzahn is leading the Knights into battle against the Bees for this one. UCF recovered from midseason struggles to make it here, while Georgia Tech was one of the hardest teams to judge all year. Uh, they lost to Bowling Green and Boston College, but beat Miami and North Carolina and also played within 10 points to Georgia in their season finale. Who knows which Georgia Tech team we're going to get in this matchup. Moving on, Saturday, December 23rd, Troy is a seven-point favorite against Duke in the Birmingham Bowl. Duke lost head coach Mike Elko to Texas A&M after the season, also quarterback Riley Leonard in the transfer portal. But in searching for a replacement at head coach, Troy head coach John Summerall came up in discussions amongst many. So be interesting to see, does this game throw a wrench in Duke's pursuit? Is Summerall interested in the job while having to play against the team? Or is it all just smoke and mirrors and there's not actually anything there? Arkansas State is a one-point favorite against Northern Illinois in the Camellia Bowl. Arkansas State exceeded expectations this season after head coach Butch, Butch Jones was on the hot seat early on. But they put a solid season together to get here. And Northern Illinois is another solid but not flashy team. It could be really competitive of a game or it could be extremely boring in a slog. James Madison, three-point favorites against Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl. JMU head coach Kurt Signetti left the program to take over the Indiana job, but it's still a battle of two teams that each had moments this year of being the top group of five team playing for a New Year's Six Bowl game. Georgia State taking on Utah State. This matchup's a pick em, essentially, the last time I checked ESPN while writing down the matchups itself. It said Utah State's listed a half-point favorite. It's the Potato Bowl, though. It's another confusing game for me. Utah State's quarterback, Cooper Legas, took over the starting role early in the year before being replaced by Levi Williams, but Williams announced after the season that he was leaving the team to join the Navy SEALs. On the other side, though, Georgia State was completely unpredictable game to game outside of its own quarterback, Darren Granger. Truly no idea what to expect in this one. Then we have South Alabama as 15.5 point favorites against Eastern Michigan in the 68 Ventures Bowl. Both teams are better than their records suggest at 6-6, six and six, but much more in favor of South Alabama to me, a team that beat Oklahoma State 33-7 early on in the year, 
but they had their problems keeping that standard up the rest of the way, while Eastern Michigan was another game-by-game version of you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes it was close loss, sometimes big wins, sometimes big loss, sometimes close wins. Just you have no idea game-to-game for Eastern Michigan. Utah, six-and-a-half-point favorite against Northwestern in the Las Vegas Bowl. Both of these teams have solid defenses and uh, putting it nicely rough offenses, saying the least. Utah had a disappointing season by their standards at 8-4 and four without a Pac-12 title or even a championship game berth, while Northwestern exceeded everyone's expectations going 6-6 six and six after firing Pat Fitzgerald before the season began. Coastal Carolina has taken on San Jose State, who's a 9.5-point favorite in the Hawaii Bowl. Both teams in this game have 7-5 and five records, and both teams started off slow, and both teams finished the season better than a 7-5 and five record would indicate. Although Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson McCall is in the transfer portal again this season, he did the same thing last year and ended up playing in their bowl game, so I have absolutely no idea how to handicap who I think is going to be better or worse here. Tuesday, December 26th, Bowling Green taking on Minnesota as a 3.5 point favorite in the Quick Lane Bowl. Minnesota was the only 5-17 to get the call to a bowl game this season, and they've seen their starting quarterback, Ethan Kaliak-Manis, enter the transfer portal ahead of this game. I think the level of athlete is going to be in Minnesota's favor here, but who has any idea what their quarterback situation is going to look like in this one? Texas State is a four-point favorite against Rice in the first responder bowl. Rice's starting quarterback, JT Daniels, announced after the season that he was retiring from football due to concussion issues. So with both teams being capable of scoring 70 and giving up 70, this one might be a rock fight or it might be a shootout now that we have quarterback issues for one of the uh, teams. Don't know why I struggled to say that one so bad. Wow. Kansas is a 12.5 point favorite against UNLV in the guaranteed rate bowl. Kansas had a relatively good season without their electric quarterback Jalen Daniels at the helm for basically the entirety of the year while UNLV exploded onto the scene with head coach Barry Odom's first season in charge of the running Rebels. This one probably a little more competitive than 12.5 points would suggest. Wednesday, December 27th, 15th ranked Louisville is a 7.5 point favorite taking on USC in the Holiday Bowl. This is a matchup of two of the best offensive minds in college football with Lincoln Riley and Jeff Brom facing off. Even without Caleb Williams playing, which is likely. Expect points on points in this matchup. Even more electricity would be injected into this matchup if Williams does decide to play. I'm not holding out any hope, though. Virginia Tech, eight-point favorites against Tulane in the Military Bowl. Virginia Tech has all of the motivation here, and Tulane won't be playing full strength or with much motivation. Head coach Willie Fritz left for the Houston job, while quarterback Michael Pratt left for the NFL Draft. And the rest of the team wasn't much to write home about outside of the guy in charge and the guy playing the most important position. North Carolina taking on West Virginia, who's a three and a half point favorite in the Mayo Bowl. UNC quarterback Drake May likely won't be playing in this game, but running back Omarion Hampton will be out there and he's explosive and fun to watch if you haven't seen him yet. West Virginia isn't to be slept on, though, after head coach Neil Brown came into the year on the hottest of hot seats and ended up taking the team bowling. Texas A&M is a three and a half point favorite against 20th ranked Oklahoma State in the Texas Bowl. This is a game I'm not exactly excited about. Uh, Texas A&M is still very much in flux with new coaches coming into the staff with new coach Mike Elko and players leaving the program trying to get you know more NIL dollars to leave Texas A&M. But Oklahoma State has been known to lay eggs when their motivation isn't there in bunches. So who knows in that one as well. 
Thursday, December 28th, 24th ranked SMU is an 11-point favorite against Boston College in the Fenway Bowl. SMU is transitioning to the ACC next season, so this is going to be a preview of what's to come for the Mustangs to some extent. Obviously, rosters being in limbo with transfers, but SMU will surely be there to win and send a warning shot of sorts to the new conference. Their defense is legit, but Boston College quarterback Thomas Castellanos may find a way to test it with his legs if given the chance. Rutgers has taken on Miami, who is a a 2.5-point favorite in the Pinstripe Bowl. Miami should win this game just on the different level of athletes that they recruit, but Miami also isn't known for playing to its best in the talent level, especially when they know they're going to have to travel to New York in December for the game, while Rutgers is more acclimated to that weather and that environment, and they're going to have more of a home field advantage projectedly anyways, uh, with their fans not having to go as far from home. 18th ranked NC State taking on 25th ranked Kansas State, who's a three and a half point favorite in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Kansas State starting quarterback Will Howard, <clears throat> excuse me, Will Howard is in the transfer portal right now, but backup quarterback Avery Johnson played a decent role throughout the season when called upon. While NC State is on their starting but backup quarterback, uh, Brennan Armstrong, uh, he started the season, then he got benched for MJ Morris, who redshirted or quit playing because he wanted to retain his red shirt and then Armstrong came back to the starting role but the Wolfpack did win five straight games to end their season 14th ranked Arizona is a three-point favorite against 12th ranked Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl Arizona became one of the most fun teams to watch this season once quarterback Noah Fafita took over the starting job while Oklahoma looked solid on both sides of the ball en route to a 10-2 record They will be without starting quarterback Dylan Gabriel, who announced he will be transferring to Oregon for next season. So, be interesting to watch Jackson Arnold there. Friday, December 29th, we have 22nd ranked Clemson. uh, Seven point favorites against Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. If Clemson comes out and plays to its full potential, this game won't even be close since Kentucky really only beat the bad teams on their schedule. But again, Clemson sort of did the same, although the athletes for the Tigers seem much better on paper than the ones the Wildcats recruit to campus. 19th ranked Oregon State taking on 16th ranked Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish 8.5 point favorites in the Sun Bowl. Oregon State and Notre Dame are similar teams on paper and have looked relatively similar all year, but Oregon uh, State quarterback, or head coach, excuse me, not to that part yet, the Oregon State's head coach, Jonathan Smith, I can't even read now, geez. Uh, he recently departed for the Michigan State job, and quarterbacks DJ Uyagalele and Adri- Aiden, I thought it was Adrian, wrote Aiden Childs. Anyways, they both entered the transfer portal, so this likely isn't going to be the best offensive output of the season for the Beavers. Memphis taking on Iowa State, who's eight and a half point favorites in the Liberty Bowl. Both teams played in closed games, but of the different sort of variety, where Memphis's games had an average of 68.7 points scored, while Iowa State's games averaged 47.9 points. But between both teams, only eight games of their 24 in the regular season were decided by more than two possessions. So, could be good, could be bad, who knows. Saturday, December 30th, Auburn, two and a half point favorite against Maryland in the Music City Bowl. Auburn head coach Hugh Freeze is going to want to uh, get that sour ending of the Iron Bowl out of the minds of everyone in and around the program, while Maryland's quarterback Talia Tagovailoa loves to fill up a stat sheet, expect it to be either a grinded-out low-scoring game or just an absolute bonkers shootout. Toledo taking on Wyoming, who's a a 2.5-point favorite in the Arizona Bowl. Toledo's quarterback Daquan Finn is in the transfer portal, and he was the X-factor that kept the team winning so many close games. 
but Wyoming also had their head coach announce his retirement after the season. So do they come out motivated to win for him or disheartened that he's leaving? That'll be probably the deciding factor there. Monday, January 1st, the last of the quote-unquote regular bowl games. We have 17th ranked Iowa taking on 21st ranked Tennessee, who is a 7.5 point favorite in the Citrus Bowl. This is an absurd matchup that I really have no breakdown or thoughts more than that Iowa is going to want to do nothing the entire game, while Tennessee is going to want to have explosive plays nonstop. That's really all that it boils down to. If this was the Tennessee team from last year, I would expect the 7.5 to get covered, but with Joe Milton having the rocket arm with no accuracy, I have absolutely no idea. Iowa could score three pick six touchdowns and have Tennessee on the ropes. I have absolutely no idea on this one. Last of the, like I said, regular bowl games, not the New Year's Six or playoffs, we have Wisconsin taking on 13th-ranked LSU, who's a 10.5-point favorite in the ReliaQuest Bowl. Heisman Trophy winner Jaden Daniels likely won't be playing in this game, but if he does, good night, Badgers. But for the sake of the handicap, we're going to assume that he's not playing. Uh, LSU's backup quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer is a stud as well, and Wisconsin failed to live up to their preseason hype with that Derry Raid offense. But then again, LSU's defense isn't as good as really any of the defenses that Wisconsin played in the Big Ten. The New Year's Six Bowl games not including playoff matchups yet. Friday, December 29th, we have ninth-ranked Missouri, a point-and-a-half favorite against Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Ohio State seventh-ranked. Sorry, I skipped over that, Buckeyes fans. If you love wide receivers and running backs, don't miss out on this matchup. We have Mizzou with Luther Burden and Theo Weiss going against uh, Ohio State's entire wide receiver room. We're not really sure who's playing. Likely going to be without Marvin Harrison Jr., but remember, Emeka Abuka and everyone else. I mean, they have five-star wide receivers constantly stacked up on top of each other. And like I said, the running backs, we have Ohio State's Travion Henderson and Mizzou's Cody Schrader could absolutely light up the stat sheets themselves. Saturday, December 30th, we have 11th-ranked Ole Miss against 10th-ranked Penn State, who's a three-and-a-half-point favorite in the Peach Bowl. Ole Miss is an offensive-heavy team playing against Penn State, who is a team that's basing their strength off of the defense. The whole of this game is going to be decided by whether Lane Kiffin can crack the Nittany Lions defense or if James Franklin can stymie the Rebels from scoring touchdowns. If Ole Miss can't put up points, just expect Penn State to win because the defense is what they're based on. The offense will find a way to score points against that Ole Miss defense. Sixth-ranked Georgia is a 14-point favorite against fifth-ranked Florida State in the Orange Bowl. I have absolutely no idea what to expect here. Uh, we have opt-outs on both sides, lack of motivation on both sides. Neither head coaches seem too happy about being in this matchup, and both teams are loaded with NFL draft talent that might not take part. Who knows who's even going to play, and who knows who actually wants to win this game. If it were two full-strength sides, I would honestly say this is probably the correct line without Jordan Travis playing. But then again, Florida State's defense, if everyone's out there, could keep it closer. Who knows in that one? And then lastly, Monday, January 1st, 23rd ranked Liberty taking on 8th ranked Oregon, who's a 16-point favorite in the Fiesta Bowl. Liberty went 13-0 overall and 9-0 in Conference USA under head coach Jamie Chadwell's first season, winning by an average of 16.1 points per game. The only problem for Liberty is that Oregon seems like they're going to be playing to win this big with head coach Dan Lanning already confirming that quarterback Bo Nix will be playing in this matchup, so expect a bunch of other starters to also take part in the matchup. Playoff games now. 
both taking place Monday, January 1st. Fourth-ranked Alabama taking on first-ranked Michigan, one-and-a-half-point favorites for the Wolverines. This is the Rose Bowl part of the college football playoff semifinals. It's the Scandal Bowl, as you could call it. We have Alabama getting in over Florida State in the biggest controversial ending to the college football playoff that we've seen, and Michigan stealing signs with Connor Stallions. It's a matchup that many people, though, would have wanted to see throughout the season and never thought they'd actually see it, whether it's because Georgia beating Alabama, Alabama not being as good, Michigan possibly losing and not making it itself either. We actually get to see it now. Uh, Alabama seemed to be getting better with every game it played, while Michigan appeared to just be at the peak of its performances every single week. The other semifinal, it's third-ranked Texas, a four-point favorite against second-ranked Washington in the Sugar Bowl. It's the Steve Sarkeesian revenge game, baby. This is going to be a fun one to watch where the offense is going to reign supreme, and it's likely going to come down to who has the ball last or who has the fewest mistakes on offense as to who wins the game. Texas's athletes on the lines of scrimmage makes me think Texas has the upper hand, but I really just don't know because Washington just keeps finding ways to win, and they feel like this season's TCU. Now I'm going to do the picks against the spread for every bowl game. I might just do it quick. Here's what I think and why, or I might just say, here it is. I have no idea. Okay, now that we've cleared that up, <laughs> Georgia Southern minus 3.5 against Ohio. They started off stronger, not sure who's healthy on Ohio or who's even going to be playing. Jacksonville State minus 3 against Louisiana. I just think they're much better, especially if Louisiana's starting quarterback isn't going to be playing. Miami of Ohio plus 6 against App State. If they get the running game over, or running game going, they're going to win this game outright. No doubts. New Mexico State, minus 3.5 against Fresno State. Jerry Kill is going to be motivated to win. Fresno State doesn't have their head coach. Boise State, plus 2.5 against UCLA. UCLA probably doesn't even know who's going to be playing quarterback for them with either being in the portal, out of eligibility after the season, or injured. Who knows who's playing quarterback for UCLA. The defense will be solid, but Boise State's looked like a completely different team since Andy Apolis was fired. Texas Tech, minus 2.5 versus Cal. They take it serious, and they're a better team on paper than Cal. Old Dominion minus 2.5 against Western Kentucky simply came down to I live in the DMV. I'll just take Old Dominion. Uh, UTSA minus 9.5 against Marshall. I just think it's not going to be competitive as long as Frank Harris is playing quarterback for UTSA. South Florida plus 3.5 against Syracuse. I think South Florida wins outright, so if you're going to give me a field goal and a hook against Syracuse, okay, taking it. Uh, Georgia Tech plus four and a half against UCF. I think offenses are going to reign supreme here, and Georgia Tech has an electric one, so they'll at least keep it close. Arkansas State are plus one against Northern Illinois. Search where you find these numbers, because when there's close lines, you can honestly find people on each side, plus and minus, up to two points. So Arkansas State plus one against Northern Illinois. Uh, just think Arkansas State had the more electric and uh, better season overall than Northern Illinois, so I'm just going to take them. Troy minus seven against Duke. Duke doesn't have a quarterback or a head coach right now. Troy is pretty well still intact from its entire roster. Air Force plus three against JMU. I'm just not sure what JMU's motivation is going to be without their head coach after having the record season that they did. Uh, Air Force, on the other hand, I just think the triple option is going to be hard to prepare for, especially when you don't have your head coach, like I just said. Georgia State plus one and a half against Utah State. Not sure what to expect from Utah State going back to Cooper Legas. Georgia State at least was like reliable at the quarterback position. Uh, South Alabama, 15 and a half point favorites against Eastern Michigan. I've been on Eastern Michigan a lot this season and they disappointed me the entire time. So they'll probably do it again here, but I just can't pick them. 
Utah minus six and a half against Northwestern. Different kind of athlete for me. I think Utah is going to find a way to either grind it out or just shut out Northwestern and win. San Jose State minus nine and a half against Coastal Carolina. Especially if Big Bird, Grayson McCall is not playing. I'm taking this one. San Jose State should have been playing in the Mountain West Championship game and just didn't because the computer said no. So I like them to come out and prove a point here, especially if Grayson McCall's not playing for the Chanticleers. Minnesota, four and a half point favorites against Bowling Green. Again, different level of athlete. Even if Minnesota doesn't have the quarterback situation figured out, they still have the offensive and defensive lines, which are uh, power five, big, huge human beings. Bowling Green's not going to have. Uh, Texas State minus four and a half against Rice. Rice's starting quarterback retired because of concussions. Who knows what they're going to be dealing with there. Texas State's electric on offense. UNLV plus 12 and a half against Kansas. Uh, UNLV massively exceeded expectations while Kansas didn't have their starting quarterback for the majority of the year. I like UNLV to at least keep it within, I mean, 10 points, giving me 12. I'll take that. Virginia Tech minus seven against Tulane. Another case of no head coach, no quarterback. Virginia Tech's coming in highly motivated and on fire. Take them. West Virginia minus three and a half against North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina without Drake May, completely different animal. Even if Omarion Hampton gets going, West Virginia is going to be more solid and kept together in terms of no transfers. Head coach still there and still involved in next season's planning. I like the Mountaineers here. Louisville, seven and a half points against USC. Liam. Uh USC, who knows who's going to be playing quarterback or how good they're going to be playing at quarterback. They could keep this game close, or they could just get blown out of the water. Louisville seems like they're keeping most of the roster intact, and I think that's better than USC. Oklahoma State plus 3.5 against Texas A&M. I just don't know what to make of Texas A&M. They have some guys that are like not in the portal, but getting ready to jump in the portal, or like thinking about jumping in the portal, so are they really even motivated to go out and play this game? I'll take Oklahoma State plus the points. SMU minus 10.5 against Boston College. I just think they're flat out better, plus the chance to take it to an ACC opponent for next season. Uh, yeah, SMU's going to come out on a mission in this one. Rutgers plus 2.5 against Miami. Miami, I feel like if they're not playing big games, has zero motivation, and even then the coaching is not really there. So I just don't think any of the guys on the team are going to care about this game, even if the coaching staff makes it seem like it. NC State plus 3.5 against Kansas State. NC State just being on fire at the end of the season will probably at least keep it close against Kansas State, who's going to have to work in the full playbook for Avery Johnson instead of just the running plays and uh, Wildcat kind of thing. Arizona minus three against Oklahoma. I just think the team is better overall. Uh, defense strong, offense strong. Oklahoma, if the offense isn't working with Jackson Arnold, likely going to struggle to score points in this one. Clemson minus seven against Kentucky. Just simply think they're much better in terms of athletes. And as long as they show up and actually care about the game, they're going to win big. Same thing here with Notre Dame minus seven and a half against Oregon State. Oregon State, no head coach, no quarterbacks. Who knows what's going to go on there? Memphis plus eight and a half against Iowa State. If you're telling me only eight of the 24 games, one third of their games were decided by more than one possession. And you're giving me eight and a half points. I'm going to take them all day, especially with a team that is tended to score more points. Missouri minus two against Ohio State. I just don't know who's playing quarterback for the Buckeyes. Like, genuinely, that's the only thing I've got here. We know the wide receivers will be talented and great, and we know the running back will be great. But if the quarterback can't get the ball to the receivers, don't really know if they have a chance here. Missouri's pretty balanced on both sides of the ball. 
Same thing with Penn State, minus three and a half against Ole Miss. Took this line against Utah last season in the Rose Bowl, and they absolutely crushed it. Ole Miss, if their offense can't get going, is going to get run out of the gym on this one. Auburn minus two and a half against Maryland. I think they're more motivated getting the Iron Bowl out of mind and taking on a team that is relying on the brother of Tua Tagovailoa, who basically uh, doesn't have much draft stock because he's not as good as his brother. End of story. Florida State plus 14 against Georgia. As long as the defense is intact for Florida State, they're going to keep the game close with how many opt-outs Georgia's going to have on both sides of the ball. So I'll take plus two touchdowns on the Seminoles. Wyoming minus two and a half against Toledo. Uh, just think Wyoming's better, especially without Daquan Finn on the Rockets. LSU minus ten and a half against Wisconsin. The offense is going to blow Wisconsin out of the water, and unless they can figure out the dairy raid, it's not even going to be close. Oregon minus sixteen against Liberty. If Bo Nix is playing, the rest of the team is playing, and that is a very scary prospect for a Conference USA opponent whose strength of schedule was the worst in the FBS. Iowa plus eight and a half against Tennessee. The defense is going to be better than the offense, I think, at least keeping it within a touchdown. Uh, if Joe Milton can't figure out the accuracy and have an orange bowl of last season performance, Iowa's going to keep this one close, maybe even pull out the win. Who knows? I got Michigan minus one against Alabama. I just think the team too strong all around. They've looked too good all year, and I'm basing it off the trend of the last time Michigan won more than two in a row against Ohio State. They won the national title that year, so they have to at least make it for that trend to continue, right? Uh, and then I have Washington plus four against Texas. I think Texas is going to win, honestly. But Washington, like I mentioned, just feels like TCU from last year. So if you're going to give me like more than a field goal with them, I'll take it and just close my eyes and hope that it hits. So that is all I've got for the bowl game previews. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Tried to fit as much of it in as quickly as possible. It looks like about 30-ish minutes we're going to have on here. But I will be here to recap the bowl games after they are all uh, complete and then give you a little breakdown of what I feel for the national championship, go over how my best bets have done this season, all of that good stuff. But until then, I'll talk to you later. Enjoy the bull season, and bye-bye.